Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hey folks, thanks for joining me again today. Again, I'm with Pastor T.J. Samuelu, and he is my associate pastor, and he did this uh, message uh, on the soil, on the parable of the soil, and the parable, and it's a, it's a great story. And we've talked about it the last two days, and he's with me again. Thanks, T.J., for being here again today. Glad to be back. And thanks for sharing your sermon. I, I know it looks like we're going to have today and tomorrow, so this will be take the whole week, but it's going to be worth it because it's great stuff. So let me read uh, the fourth chapter of Mark, and this is verses 10 through 20 real quickly, and then I'll, I'll let T.J. talk about it, and we'll get rolling. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed of the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes in and takes away, takes away the word that was sown to them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Yeah, and there's great imagery as you're reading that. It's flashing back to when I was studying, and you talk about when it's coming on the path, and then Satan comes on that first soil and takes it right away. And, you know, we're, we're always sowing. And the second one was that, you know, it comes in and it's on shallow soil. And we've seen people in our faith walk that then spring up and they're excited. And I don't think Rocky is a great imagery for that because we find ourselves in a rocky situation, but are we getting deeply rooted? And so we've been doing things like at our church, right? You've been talking about the dive deep class and you have another one coming up, but how do we get people rooted well? Because if it's not rooted and we see the need for God, but it just comes up and then we have nothing. We can't stand against those storms that come. And then moving forward in some of those, the one that falls in thorns. And how many of us are inundated with being a part of this culture and things that come around us that choke? You know, we talk about sometimes in parts of like good to great. Like if we can, if Satan can get us to settle for good things or, or choke out, you know, what we want us to be doing uh, through God, then then he wins. And then that last one, obviously, we're seeing some of the good soil really take place. But this parable should be encouragement to spiritual farmers, those who teach and preach and lead others, because the farmer sowed good seed, but not all the seeds sprouted. And even the plants grew at varying yields, as, as you described there. So it don't be discouraged if you don't see the results as you faithfully teach uh, the Word. Well, that's a good note for all of us, isn't it? Because yeah. sometimes you, you feel like you, you pour into people and you, you're not seeing the results. And I know a lot of churches, because most of America is built on small churches. I think the average church is like 64 or 70 or something like that. And they think, well, why isn't anything happening? But I'm telling you what, you keep preaching the Word. Keep standing firm. God, God in His time will bless it. And you don't know what He's doing outside of your church. 
You know, they, I think many ministries are huge outside of their building. Absolutely. And, you know, in some instances, some of these people do not understand God's truth because they're not ready for it. Right. See, God reveals truth to people who will act on it. And we mm-hmm. talked about some of those that are, it's easier to sow with some of those people, but who will make it visible in their lives. When you talk with people about God, be aware that they don't understand or they may not be ready for it yet. Be patient, taking every chance to tell them more of the truth of God and praying that the Holy Spirit will open their minds and hearts to receive the truth and act in it. Productivity is in God's hands. Yes, it is. It is. And that's sometimes we don't realize that we try to take things on ourselves and we try to blame ourselves and we try to say, well, I guess I'm just not doing enough. You know, I'm I tell you something, we got to have the right spirit, the right attitude. We got to keep uh, moving along, even when things, we hit brick walls. You know, I, I've been fortunate in this at Cloverdale over the last 31 years. We have not hit many brick walls, but we did hit a brick wall about, I don't know, eight eight or nine years ago, and it, and it was a brick wall. We had never hit one. We had grown numerically, spiritually, and every in financially in every way for 22 straight years without a decline, and then we hit finally hit that wall. And some of it you and I talked about in my office the other day. Some of it is we're prepared for some things and then we're just, you know, we just, we're just not prepared enough for a huge jump, you know, and that's the way we were. We, we really weren't ready for the the big jump. And so subsequently you, you fall back a little bit, but the good news is you wake up and start doing things. And that's what we're doing now. And, uh, you know, God is continuing to bless. Yeah. It- and that's such a true point. And man, one of the other parts here was that the four soils represent four different ways people respond to God's message. Usually we think that Jesus is talking about four different kinds of people, but this is kind of, as I was looking through this, this is kind of a different perspective on it because um, he may also have been talking about one, the different times or phases in a person's life where we're walking through that in our, our spiritual walk, or number two, how we are willing to receive God's message in some areas of our lives, but yet resist it in another. For example, you may be open to God, uh, what he has for your future, but closed concerning how to spend your money. Or you may respond like good soil to God's demands of worship, but like rocky soil to his demands of helping others. So we must strive to be like good soil in all areas of our lives at all times. Well, when you think of the word strive, what do you think? I mean, when you strive, you you push forward. You know, you, you we always use the term, we strive to be better. We desire to be better. We want to be better. And I really hope and pray that each of you listening today, that you strive to be a better man or woman of God, a holy vessel used for the glory of God, because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to realize the potential he has in us. Because as we were talking on the first day, that uh, you know, we are chosen. We are chosen by God. God has a plan for our life. Now it isn't. Now sometimes our plans change. Like for instance, TJ, I was, I was heading. I, I tried to buck the idea of being a pastor because my dad, and mom, and my two older brothers were pastors, and I thought, you know, I don't want to follow in their footsteps. I'm, my brother Dan was a school teacher, and him and I were great. We were very close. I said I'm going to go that way. So I really, I fought it. And so I started heading towards teaching. I got most of my education is in elementary education. And I then I and I I thought, well, this is where I should go until man, God got a hold of my heart in such a powerful way in a in a, in a situation that 
it made me understand that God had called me into ministry, pastoral ministry too. And I was like, really, God? After all this, I've said no. And he says, well, that's why you said no. My plan for you was to do this. The great news is I got some of the desires in my heart because I was able to substitute teach when I moved to Boise. I was able to coach varsity basketball. Some of the things I love, God gave me the opportunity to do as a, as a church grew. But God's plan is not always what our plan is, but yet he will shape things. And you know what? I believe he gives you the desires of your heart many times. Yeah. And for his purpose and for his kingdom, one of the things is the worries of this life and the false sense of security brought on by prosperity and the desire for things plagued not only this first century disciples that he was talking to, but this is the same stuff that plagues us today. And so how easy is it for us in our daily routines to be overcrowded or a life packed of materialistic pursuits and crowds out God's word and leaves it unfruitful. So we have to stay so we can hear God when he speaks to us. Right. And so like you were saying, there's some of these things of man, we all desire, and that's our heart for our own church congregation is to be growing, but not just to look at our strengths, but also in our weaknesses. So if we're good soil in Cloverdale, we're described oftentimes as a group of people that loves to meet people at their point of need, very hospitable, very, um, you know, gracious in the way that they receive people and new people that come to our church. We hear that all the time. But how are we also taking the application piece? We're always trying to reassess that, whether that's our global partners, whether that's our local partners that we partner with. How do we serve them with our time and talents as well? And so how do we make that a true partnership? And and we just have to be able to not be inundated with the things of this world. Well, I like what you said. You, you, you said uh, the worries of life, the false sense of security brought on by prosperity. You know, that is a false sense of security. I know some people, they rely totally on their finances, totally on the things they have in the world, and then everything else fits around them. You know, the Bible says in uh, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and other things will be added as well, a paraphrase, will be added as well. But he said, seek first, put me first, honor me. And in our church, we have a theme. You know what that theme is? Honor God, and he will honor you. Yeah, to Samuel. Yeah, honor God, and he will honor you. And anybody that comes to Cloverdale very long knows that because I mentioned it from the pulpit, and you mentioned it, we mention it uh, often from the pulpit because we want people to know if you honor God, and you put him first beyond your prosperity, beyond your own desires. You know, I think one of the reasons God has blessed us, and even blessed us in giving, is because people are putting God first. You know, so many people don't even recognize that they don't they have because God has provided and we need to give back his provisions not only financially but with our time and our talent and our energies but as we uh as we wind down today TJ you know this uh we got one more tomorrow we're going to talk about the great commission which is is big and that's what you close your message with and uh, I'm really excited about that because it's something I'm, my small group is doing. We're doing the series called The Way of the Master. And it is, I'm, let me tell you what, it's, it's pretty heavy and it's pretty straight. It's pretty simple, but it has, it has power. We, did, we had our first uh, this uh, last night, which had been a few weeks ago. I had our great uh, opening. And man, I tell you what, it's teaching people how to share the ways of the master, how to make a difference in people's lives because the Great Commission is huge. So I'm anxious for you to talk about that tomorrow. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for being with me again today, T. 
Thanks for having me. And folks, thank you for listening. It's always a great pleasure to have you listen, and I pray God blesses you abundantly as you walk with Him. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.